Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Island Spot Sports. And before we get to our guest today, we have a big shout out for, for Living Sisu. Living Sisu is a platform and app that wants to give you all the tools to have success in your sport. Their main objective is to activate your lifestyle. So for active, it's for active people. Enjoy discounts at, at companies like BioSteel, 30% off, BodyLogics, the Goalie Guild, all his books are discounted. Roan, Lululemon for men, 20% off. Online stretching programs with Eccentrics, one full month free. They got super silent massage guns, 20% off those. And it's a great quality. It's way less expensive than a Theragun. And it's a great, it's great quality. So there's so many more discounts that you guys will need to just become a member to see. So they want to provide you with anything you need for success. So come join the community. I'm a part of it. A bunch of other athletes are a part of it. So it's free to join. It takes 20 seconds to have to get exclusive offers to your sport. And it's definitely worth worth it. So do do us a huge favor and go sign up for Living Sisu's membership. It's free, twenty takes twenty seconds. So go do it, and we'll see you there. Living Sisu is a great company. We uh we know one of the co-founders, Zach Fricali. He's a great guy. He uh he's the co-founder. He does a lot of live streams on Instagram at uh, at Living Sisu. And with a bunch of elite athletes and you learn a lot from like the athletes determination the resiliency everything to what me made them become successful so it's been a great experience so far so go on i'm gonna leave uh the link in the description so uh go sign up Yo, welcome back to another episode of on spot sports i'm jack and in today's episode we are joined by a very special guest Longtime professional goalie for 17 years in the pro so far, Nick Nieder. Nick is currently signed to a contract with the Watertown Wolves of the Federal Hockey League. He spent time playing juniors, most notably in the Null Four, becoming a professional during the 2004-2005 season, starting with the Asheville Aces of the SPHL, before spending his career in leagues such as the SPHL, the FHL, the IHL, the MAHL, the EPHL, AAHL, CHL, ECHL, and the AHL. Welcome to the show, Nick Nieder. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So, like, Nick, how are you? Like, what, what's been happening with you? Uh, not much. I'm currently in uh, Watertown, New York. Um, we are in the middle of training camp right now on the back nine of training camp. Um, just uh, getting after it with the two-a-days here with the team. And... Um, you know, it's, it's a very unique situation that we're in. Um, you know, with everything going on right now, um, we have a lot of guidelines. Uh, but I think the most impressive part of what we're dealing with right now is the guys buy in to those guidelines. Um, you know, we're only basically allowed to go to the rink and to where we're sleeping. Um, there have been no issues, and this is day four. Um, camp is going to be five days long and then tomorrow everybody's going to be taken off, uh, and coming back after the first of the year, let a uh, coach and the ownership are letting the guys go home. Um, you know, we started a little bit earlier than everybody else, but, um, they're going to be coming back after the first of the year. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's a very, it's a very unique situation. I never thought I'd see anything like this in my career, but, uh, as everybody says in the minors, you've seen it all till tomorrow. 
So just when you think after doing it for 16 years, this now being my 17th, you, you'd think you've seen everything, but you have not. Yeah, that, that's, that's crazy. And like the unique situation that everyone's in right now, especially with like COVID coming into play and like just how unique and different is it and weird, I guess you could say as well, just having two places to go, the rink and then wherever you're sleeping. Um, it's different. Uh, you know, no going to the grocery store, no going to catch a movie with the guys. Um, it's, it's definitely different. Um, but it can wear on you mentally, but also like we're doing a great thing during the day. We're getting to go to the rink twice a day. Um, we're getting our meals at the rink from our booster club. Um, you know, ownership has made sure the guys have their apartments or, um, hotels for this whole tenure. Um, we had to do COVID testing, you know, at our home bases, I guess you would say. And then uh, we get to town and do another round of COVID testing before we're allowed in the, um, in the arena, into the locker room. But, um, you know, the, it's just, it's such a weird situation. Like, you know, being the first team going uh, in the league, um, in the grand scheme of things, which I hope the younger guys are able to appreciate, which I'm sure they will when they get older, but, you know, this is probably something that they haven't really thought about. Maybe they have. Um, being the first team going um, is very special because, you know, we've talked about, you know, you're giving the other six teams in the league a little bit of ray of hope. You know, you're, 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 you're setting the bar high. Expectations are high here in Watertown. Um, you know, we're the first team going, and that is a big deal. But also at the same time, there's a lot of people that are hoping we fail. Um, but those people that are hoping we fail at this don't see the big picture. Um, we do this right. We get this done right um, this week. We have no issues. We haven't had any issues. We, ha you know, if there is an issue, it, it was already addressed. Um, you know, we're we're sending a message to the league saying, "Hey, we can play through this COVID." We can get through this. We can do it safely. We can do it the right way. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a different situation. I get it. But um, at the end of the day, everybody in the league should be pulling for this to work and work very well because this is one way of, you know, maybe a couple teams will say, oh, I told you we couldn't do this. We couldn't play through this. No, we can play through it. We are showing you that we are going to play through this. Um, we are going to be safe about it. And we don't have the millions of dollars of the NHL bubble, but we are going to be responsible. We are going to do the right things. And we have done the right things uh, thus far. And I, you know, we, we hope the league we'll follow suit and say, you know what, let's get started. You know, we're excited. We have a tentative schedule. I know that we start the middle of January, but um, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, a lot of, okay, what did, what worked, what didn't work. And, you know, hopefully teams are seeing that. And I hope the players are seeing that we're playing and it kind of gives them a ray of hope, you know, that they're, you know what, Hey, we're going to be playing as you can see another team's playing. Yeah, it pisses me off that they're started and we're not. Yeah, I get that. 
I totally get that. But big picture is, yes, we are starting early. Yes, we have a bar set high. Yes, it's, it's not arrogant, but it's like, yeah, we, we're going to start camp here anyway, so we're going to start camp. You know, guys had flights, guys had quarantine issues. Like, this is what we had set in stone before, and we kept it going. We didn't, you know, do the, well, we'll push it back, we'll push it back. It's not cheap for a guy to change his flight, especially from Canada or wherever they're from. So we set the bar. This is what we did. And in the big picture, grand scheme of things, every team in the league and every player should hope that it goes smooth. Just so there is light at the end of the tunnel. Just so it says, okay, peace of mind, we can do it because they did it. Yeah, awesome. I don't mind being the lab rat. But we're doing the right things. We're doing everything we possibly can. And you know what? I hope, uh, hope everything works out, in, uh, especially in the, the league, because there's so many different states. It's such a big footprint that you know, there's different rules everywhere. It's the same, like, like I said earlier, it's the same country, but different worlds. And you know, our stipulations here and our regulations here are going to be different than, you know, say, someplace in New York City, someplace in Long Island. But we're the same state, but they're two totally different worlds. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but um, couldn't be any happier to be part of the first team going in the league right now. Yeah, that's, that's just awesome how, like, everyone's doing their part and just, just for the love of the, love of the game. Like, you guys all want to start, guys all want to start playing, playing games like, like everyone does in the world. And, like, you guys are given this opportunity to – be the first team to put a, to put together a training camp for the for these five days, and then and then hopefully the, the other teams, like you said, will see like you guys did an excellent job with it, and then it'll make it more of a reality that hockey will be back after the new year, and, and that you guys will be able to start playing again. Hundred um, percent. You know, it's I know I know for a fact that this has pissed a lot of people off uh, in the league that we're we're going and they're not like we're officially started training camp. Um, you know, I, and it sucks, but that they're not going, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, our, our ownership's committed to this. Our, and it starts there. Our coach is committed to this. Um, the players, you know, all the guys came in, like they're committed to this. Um, it's going to be uh, it, it's going to be an interesting situation. Uh, it's going to be a unique situation. But in in the end of the day, yes, we I'm trying to explain it without coming off the rails here. But our owner grabbed his balls and said, "You know what? We're going to start." And our coach followed suit, and the players were right right in there saying, "Yep, we're going." Like, yeah, we're, we're with you, whatever you want to do. Um, and to me, that is extremely important, seeing the buy-in from the players with everything going on right now. I mean, Jesus Christ, you turn the TV on, you think the world's coming to an end. Um, but the players – and it's, it's a double-edged sword. You know, you, you see the guys uh, – one way of looking at it is – 
oh, they're being selfish. They're, they're just going and playing hockey. Another side is, hey, this is our job, and we're going to do it safely. We're going to do everything we can to be safe. And then there's, you know, the side of, well, you know, they're just breaking into the, you know, the minor ranks. You know, they're, they're just excited to get going. There's the side of, you know, the veteran guys, you know, showing the right things, showing the right way. Um, but I'm, I've done this a very long time and I'm extremely proud of the way the guys have handled themselves. And I was pleasantly surprised at the character of not having to worry about the guys going to bars, going what are open, I guess, Um, you know, getting off the rails and going and doing their own thing. Everybody's pretty bought into what we're doing right now. And uh, that's a huge, huge uh, statement of what the expectations of the ownership and the coaching staff are. Yeah. So like going into like the season, do you have any, like any expectations for how the season will go? Are you just taking it day by day? Like literally the whole entire world is right now. That's a good question. Um, Our expectations as an organization are to win the last game of the year. That is our expectations. Um, Just like a lot of teams, um, you know, there's, there are teams that say they want to win the championship and there are teams that act like they're going to win the championship and do everything they can to win a championship. Um, I firmly believe that this organization wants nothing more than to win the last game of the year. Um, but it is going to be a bumpy ride to get there as Everybody knows everybody's day to day, but at the end of the day, I know the goal and it starts at our ownership and he's, you know, he's been around this week, um, watching everything and making sure the guys are taken care of. Um, his expectations are high. Brent's expectations are extremely high. Um, the veteran guys that we have in here, their expectations are high. And um, for the last four days, the young guys have um, followed suit. And the pace has obviously gotten better every day. And that was the biggest thing was we will get better every single day. No matter what, we will get better as a unit every single day. You know, everybody in the world has a bad day, right? Like you're just, you're not good at your job. You're not good at something you know everybody has a bad day but as a unit we will have a good day we will have a better day um you know you're strong as your weakest link our weakest link is going to improve every day like everything will improve every day and that is our goal as an organization as a unit and um i'm really looking forward to uh hopefully being a part of it yeah, that's that's awesome, and like how like the organization of for the Watertown for Watertown uh, as a city, as a town, like as an organization, like the players playing for the organization, like it's it must be a great feeling knowing that you guys are doing or the organization's doing everything they can to help 
be help you become successful as long as well as like during this time just help like help there be hockey in the world again and help like just make sure that we're somewhat like coming back to normal with playing hockey and while doing it safely of course and just mm-hmm. experiencing like this is this is ex- one experience that no one will ever hopefully will hopefully will never experience again so it's just crazy times we're living in right now it is it's 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 completely out of control but um you know but also at the same time it's a business so when expectations are that high you better be fully bought in because we're going to know about it if we're not doing a good job and that's the way it should be you know i'm fortunate enough to you know, have a full-time job. Um, and, you know, I, I've seen the business side of things. I know the business side of things. And, you know, when expectations are this high, you know, and you don't give your 100% effort, that's when things are going to be not the best for the person, you know, for the player especially. Um, you know, we had a meeting today and something that was said that it was extremely important. Um, this is a smaller town, okay, in upstate New York. And going through everything that's going on right now in society, businesses are closing. Um, people are without jobs. People are struggling. People are hurting. Um, we're representing um, the city here. And the hockey club is a pretty substantial piece to the city right now. Um, You know, full rink every game. um, Your ticket means something when you have it. Um, We have a smaller rink, but they pack it in. The atmosphere is phenomenal. And the fan base is great, but you have to take into consideration like people are paying to watch us do our jobs. They're paying to watch us represent the city of Watertown. And there are going to be expectations, not just from our ownership and our coaching staff and the players in the, in the locker. There's expectations from the fans as well. And that's where you want to be. You know, you want to be in that pressure situation because if you don't have pressure, you you're either not doing your job or you, you have a job that doesn't in, like, involve pressure. Like you want to get better. You want to improve and you need pressure to improve, you know, healthy competition. All these coaches you hear that over the years, Oh, you know, we have uh, X amount of goalies for, and there's one net. Well, you know, competition's healthy. Absolutely. It is. You know, you have five centermen come to camp. Three are dressing for a game. Like, figure it out. Like, you have to be able to play through it and play with it. And, you know, this is so important to, you know, give back because they're giving, you know, they're paying their money to watch us do our jobs. And they expect us to give 100% effort. Same as our coach, same as our ownership. Um, but our fan base is going to hold us accountable. 
You know, this is a, this is a earn your paycheck type of city. These people earn their paychecks and there's nothing but respect goes with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with earning your paycheck. That is a goddamn respectable way of doing it. And, but they expect us to earn our paychecks as well. And I love that. That's the way it should be. Um, you know, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a big thing for the city, but in reality, it's going to, this is, this week is going to be a big thing for the league and for a lot of players in this league to show that we're going to do it. We're going to move forward with it. Yeah, absolutely. And just going into like the summer when you did decide to sign with Watertown, like, were you expecting any of this to like being, were you aware of like, you guys were going to be the first ones to, to try to get everything situated for training camps or like, or did you just come in with like the mindset, just playing hockey whenever and however you can? Um, that was a good one. Um, you know what? Like, I came into this season. Um, obviously, I was a free agent after last season. Um, that was a whole another mess. Um, but uh, Brent took the job up here. Um, I was excited for the opportunity. But to answer your question, no. Like, I had no clue what the hell we were in for. Um, I was at home at my parents' house during the national shutdown. And um, I was laying a brick sidewalk at my parents' house. My phone rang, and there was, you know, Brent saying, hey, you know, would you like to, you know, sign with us? And, you know, it's he knows about my – you know, my job and everything. And I was like, yeah, that, that sounds awesome. Um, but did I know then what I know now and what we're going through? Not a goddamn chance would I have expected any of this to happen. Like, Jesus Christ, there's no way in hell I would have expected any of this. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, the NHL bubble wasn't even set yet for this offseason. And for them to finish playoffs, nothing was set. It was just hope for the best, expect the worst type situation. Um, you know, it's so incredible the change that has happened in the world in the last nine months. And I decided, you know, I said I'd come to Watertown. Um, shoot, well, it would have been. Um, Four months ago, maybe now. Shit, you know, I can't even tell you. I have no idea. But um, when I decided, I was like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll come here, and you know, and I know what he was going for, and he's kind of uh, overhauling everything and getting the team all situated. And I would have never, ever in my life imagined to have to go through what we're doing right now. Um, you know, the hell with the first year or the first team of the year stuff. I mean, that's great and everything, but who the hell would have ever expected this to happen? Like, if you could see this a year ago through your crystal ball, it would be amazing. Like, this is stuff that is unheard of. Um, 
what we're going through as, you know, society, as an organization, as a league, as a sport is just incredible. Nobody would have ever seen this coming. Did I expect it? Not a goddamn chance. But here we are, and it's been a wild situation, to say the least, across the board. But um, we're going to get through it as long as we keep staying positive. I mean, it's easy to come off the rails, but we're going we're gonna to get through it. One way or the other, we're, we're going to get through it. Yeah, exactly. And just how, so I'm guessing it was an easy choice to come back to Watertown, especially like you've had, you've had success with Watertown in the years past. Yeah. You won a championship with them in 2014, yeah. 2015. It's so like, yeah. take us through like that year and like winning the championship and how much like it meant to you and like all the experiences you've learned from that, just that championship run alone. Yeah. Um, my rookie year in the minors is four or five. Um, I knew Brent, you know, that was the first year of the uh, Wolves. Um, I was in uh, Illinois the year before, and I was going up and down in the Central League. Um, it just, it was, it wasn't a good situation in Illinois. Um, I had to go that, well, my work was going through a lot. I had to take some time away. Um, so I went to play in Illinois. I mean, it was close to my parents' house. It just worked. You know, I could go home whenever I could. Um, but I was there for the wrong reasons, I guess you would say. I wasn't there for the hockey part. Uh, it was tough. It was a different locker room. It was a different dynamic. Um, expectations were not high. Um, I, to be honest with you, now that I look back at it, I don't even know what the hell the expectations were, to be honest with you. Now I think about it. It was just one of those, um, it sounds so shitty to say, but it was just one of those collective paycheck type situations. Um, going up and down in the central league with quad, um, and that it was just, it was weird. Um, Central League guys, great guys, great coach, Terry Ruskowski, unbelievable man, uh, phenomenal person. Every time I went up, I was rejuvenated. It was awesome. Um, but towards the end, it, it got a little – it was just – it was a tough situation. Um, I Fortunately, I called up to Gwinnett at the time, not Atlanta. Uh, Gwinnett went down there, uh, played well. Um, was there for a couple of weeks. Um, their goalies got sent back. We were with, uh, shit, who the hell were we with? I think we were with uh, Anaheim at the time. Anaheim and Portland. Or Buffalo. <laughs> Maybe Buffalo. I, you know what? I've done this too long. I forgot. I think we were with, uh, no, we were with Anaheim the year before, Buffalo that year. So, yeah, Buffalo. Uh, so that would have been 13, 14. And, I just said I had enough and I went um, back to my job and, you know, my girlfriend at the time um, went home, you know, to um, back to Danbury and um, uh, Watertown uh, bought, uh, 
bought my rights or traded. I think they traded for me, uh, traded for me. Um, they were the privateers the year before and hockey was probably the 50th thing on my plate after the year I've had, um, went up there. It wasn't came up. It wasn't fun. It wasn't, uh, it was the privateers, um, different ownership. It just, it wasn't a good situation and my play reflected it. Uh, the next year, uh, obviously the year we won a championship here in Watertown. Um, I started out in, uh, Reading in the ECHL and, uh, I actually tore my, uh, labrum out of my hip in training camp. So I couldn't really do much for a few months and, uh, didn't have the surgery, still haven't had the surgery, which is good. But, um, you know, Brent called and I knew about the Watertown team and the Wolves, the rebranding and uh, new ownership, new look for the team. Um, that really set the bar because they gave the town something to be proud of. Where before, with the privateers, it just, it wasn't, um, it was just something to go watch on a weekend. Uh, where the Wolves organization, the first year, um, they had high expectations. And they ran the ran a professional organization. It was night and day different from the year prior to. And we ended up winning the last game of the year. And it was a very special group, uh, seeing what was dealt with the year before versus that year. Um, obviously, anytime you win a championship, it's, it's special. Um, the way we won it in game five uh, at home was special. Um, we played a very good team in the finals, uh, Danville. Uh, obviously, they had a new coach, thankfully. Um, they had a new uh, image. They had a new face. And, you know, that group changed hockey in Danville. And we changed hockey in Watertown. So it was, uh, it was a great series, and it was very, very, very special group of guys. And uh, Brent was the coach there. and It was, uh, it was incredible what we did. And uh, then, obviously, they had to take the year off to uh, redo the arena, basically. So they had construction, and then they came back. And, um, you know, they had success. They were always competitive. but. Um, you know, the year we won it uh, as a first-year organization was was extremely, extremely happy to be proud of it. That's for sure. Yeah, that that just seems like an awesome story from like where it started the year before and like how everything wasn't like going your way, and then like you turn it around your the next year and you win a championship with Watertown, who's a first first-year team under the Wolves name. So it must have been like an unreal team and unreal experience for that, and just to see how everything went the past two years before or two years with that year and just seeing how, how good you guys were and how the organization changed from the privateers to the wolves. It was, it was light years difference. Um, same town, very good fan base. Um, you know, it was, it was incredible. The atmosphere in the arena, Everything changed. There was a different buzz in the arena. Um, ownership was phenomenal. Um, you know, 
they were they were great with us. Um, it was Brent's first year coaching um, us as a full you know full season. He took over the year before, um, late in the year, and you can't you can't um, basically get a character of your team at the end of the year. You can't change the dynamic of a team at the end of the year. You can you can change all the players you want, but what the dynamics? The dynamic, you know. Um, every year, no matter if you're a returning guy or you're going to a new club, not one year is the same as the last. It's impossible. Like it is impossible. One player can change the. Um, attitude and the dynamic of a locker room and the expectations of a locker room. Yeah, of course. But you want to do it at the start. And obviously this is a business. There are changes made, um, especially in the minors. Um, One year is not going to be the same as last year. And, you know, there was a lot of the same players the year we won it as the year prior to. But the values and the locker room mentality were – you couldn't have made it any more different. There was no gray area. It was black and white. There was one way versus the other. There was no uh, – it's kind of like the same, but it's not the same. You know what I mean? Like there was no, yeah. there was no middle ground. It was left or right. And that's it. So. Um, I see a lot of similarities with this, the way things are going right now versus the way they went then. Um, Obviously there's a lot of hurdles to go over, but um, I really like the situation we're in right now. And I like the locker room right now. And um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun ride one way or the other. It's going to be a fun ride. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's always great to, see is how like the chemistry in the locker room is like the dynamic like you said of the team and just like you went from the privateers to the wolves same organ same like organization but different ownership and you mm-hmm. you went through the same thing with danbury you played in danbury's organization for like for 10 years i believe it was so you went from like, yeah. the danbury titans all the way down to the danbury hatricks and we throughout had those whalers. 10 years yeah, Whalers, uh, Titans, hat tricks. Yeah, so like, how was that transition from like playing ten years of in Danbury and just seeing the organizations change, and how it how it is now, and how successful Danbury is as an organization right now? Yeah. Um, wow, it was neat to um, it was neat to be part of the rejuvenation process. Um, you know, they had the, uh, the trashers in the UHL, um, they had a mentality, they had a textbook of how they played, you know, they were, they were tough. They were mean. They were skilled. Like the fan base was rowdy. Um, you know, they were, their ownership was great. Uh, Mr. Galanti did a great job with them, brought hockey to Danbury. Um, you know, a lot of it, basically everything to this day is nothing but thanks to him. I mean, when you really think about it in the grand scheme of things. Um, so 
the Whalers came into town uh, in what would it have been? See, I was in nine ten. I was in the IHL. So ten eleven, October of ten was when the Whalers played their first game. Um, you know, it was nice to be part of the um, rejuvenation of hockey in Danbury. Um, I think I've played for five coaches there. Four of, all right, four or five. Yeah, I think, I don't even know. One, I don't count a coach. Then I played for Phil, Dave, and Billy. Um, You know, there were some amazing people I've met, you know, along the way there. Um, But, I mean, just like anything, right, there's good with bad. Um, I have a lot of good things to say about, you know, my time there. Um, but when you do something so long, I guess, uh, the wool, the wool can't cover your eyes anymore. Um, to see a lot of, a lot of things that I wish I didn't, um, you know, that started to impact me towards the end where a lot of things I would have laughed off um, weren't funny anymore. Like it wasn't, it was a lot of head shaking. Like, are you kidding me? Like, why is this not fixed by now? Why is this still happening? Why is, you know, certain situations like, are you, why? Like it's been long enough and I've heard it'll get better. It's going to change for, how long, um, in different situations, um, whether it be one organization to the next, um, you know, it was just, I did everything I could there. Um, well, when I was there, um, for the time I was physically there, um, I had so many great things to say, or I have so many great things to say about the organizations, all three of them that I played for. Um, you know, the ownership was great. Um, the Sorcher family, they, you know, were very instrumental in bringing hockey back to Danbury. Um, and they did. They did a great job. Uh, Mr. Bennett, Bruce Bennett, he was our owner with the Titans, the Bennett family. You couldn't pay me to say a bad thing about his family. Um, they treated us like one of their own. Um, very, very great man. Um, he had a lot, he's a big part of the fabric of the community, you know, with being local ownership. Um, it was awesome. It was different. Um, you know, a lot of owners, you know, weren't as involved as he was. Um, but he was in my career. Um, he was, he was great. Uh, phenomenal man. Um, you know, we, uh, we had a great thing going with the Titans. Um, different atmosphere, obviously different culture than it was with the Whalers. Um, and then, uh, obviously the hat tricks, it was, um, it's a lot different than the Titans and the Whalers were. So 
I mean, yes, it's the same town, and you would think, oh, they just changed names. No, it changes everything. Everything changes. And um, obviously over the length I was there, there's a lot of great memories and a lot of things that I wish would leave my head. But, you know, that's just in any facet of life. You know, it's just part of it. It's just like it is in anything you do. But, um, you know, it was, I went through so much, so much in the last, I don't know, 18 months of my life. Um, everything's pretty documented, you know, um, that hockey wasn't, I thought it was a priority playing for the hat tricks, but it wasn't. My heart wasn't in it. My mind wasn't in it. It wasn't fun. Um, and no matter what, like, you, you were a goalie. You get it. Yeah. Like, you try to – you work hard. You want to be into it. And I was just in one of those situations where the harder I tried, the shittier it got. You know, you'd be on the ice some days at practice and everything's just clicking, you're buzzing, you're, every, every save you make, you're, you're, it's clean, you're catching them in the pocket every shot, it's, you're putting it where you want to every shot. And then, and then on top of it, you're like, why the hell did, couldn't I do this yesterday? So it's a, just a huge roller coaster. Um, I had, uh, I had all those issues last the the year before um in the summer um at the start of the year and then you know a lot of it was that first month starting at training camp back in Danbury where it was just it was time for me to not be there anymore and I think I stuck through it for the wrong reasons. And, you know, I had, it was, I went through so much uh, in the summer and the season before at the end um, from a personal standpoint. Starting the year in Reading, uh, in the ECHL, where, you know, I've been before, I played there a lot. Um, just a place where I was extremely comfortable. Um, the guys there, the staff there, they knew what I was going through. Um, and they were over, like, over the top good with me and supportive. And it was just my expectations of the season were then so high. And I was expecting so much because it was so good there. And, you know, I, I left there, uh, went right to Danbury for opening of uh, camp, and it was just – it was different. Um, you know, it was, it was just different. Um, I got to go – I was fortunate enough, you know, I got to go back to Reading a handful of times throughout the season. And it was seamless when I walked into the locker room. It was, you know, it felt normal. It felt like home. Um, it was great. 
and um, you know, it's it was just one of those situations last year that I'm happy that I was part of, you know, the rebuild of hockey in Danbury. Um, and I'm happy to be moved on. And it was, uh, pretty sure it was mutual decision, but you know, I, uh, I probably should have pulled the trigger a little earlier with it, you know, because it, it sucks to say, um, there were some really great people last year that I played with and my last start there, I didn't play for, let's see, I went home, uh, after the second week of the year, I had to go home for a funeral actually. One of my best friends uh, passed, and it was just – it was a year. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, I didn't dress for, I think, 13 games in a row. Um, and then the thing was, the year before, I played in the finals, and, like, we had a good year together in Elmira. Um, it was such a good situation on the ice with Elmira. Um, that it was just it was a good setup and I fit in well with the team. Uh the coach was great and then I'm sitting in the stands for months. And then just after Christmas I got another start. Like I didn't start a game for two months. Like are you kidding you couldn't have used me in two months. I won a game uh against Elmira. Actually it's kind of funny how that all worked out full circle. Um we beat Elmira three to two at home and everyone was so happy and I could not have cared less. I was done and I didn't want to quit. I didn't want to be a distraction and quit. You know what I mean? But I was done. I was, I was done. And it was just, it was, that was kind of like, okay, I'm done playing here. Um, I'm going to just continue to – I'm going to finish the season out. It was was terrible. You know, the going through the motions thing, like, that's not me. Um, It was just – it was a different situation, and I could not be happier to be where I am right now. In this exact – I could not be happier than dealing with what I'm doing right now. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like it, like everything you went through. Like, yeah, it sucks. But like losing like that or like wine to quit, but you didn't, which you held out from. But like, I wanted to bring bring you back to uh, bring you back to Reading because I know Reading was a special place for you, and yep. and everything. Like you've also been with Reading like a number of years. And you found your way back in Red back at Reading a lot. Like. Take us to that. I know I I was reading yesterday about that one story when uh, it was like November or something when you were slated as like the emergency backup, but then you you actually played the game and you got you won in that game two one I believe against Adirondack. Yeah. So can you, can you like take us through like that story and everything that went around that? Yeah. Um. So 
that was the year um, I finished with Elmira that year. So I knew I was going to be at Elmira, you know, at the end of the year. I actually started the year in the LNAH, that, uh, the Quebec League. There was a team in Berlin, New Hampshire. I went up there, did the training camp, and then we played preseason. Uh, we played Thetford Mines. That was incredible. Like, there's some players in that league that are absolutely incredible. Phenomenal skilled players. Um, good money, good atmospheres in the ranks. Like, I could see why there's not a lot of French Canadians playing in the ECHL. Like, it, the league up there is great. It is great. Um, I was able to slide in there because it was an American a team in the States, right? Yeah. So, um, did the preseason, did that, and then, um, you know, was just staying in shape uh, to, you know, wait and to go to Elmira because I knew I was going to be up there, you know, sometime. But um, I went into Reading the week, I think it was two weeks prior to. Um, just dressed a game, um, you know, had a good time. You know, it's always great to be back at that level. Um, you know, it, it, it's different with me there than it is a lot of other people. Um, it's seamless transition. Um, you can ask any of my teammates at whatever level you want. Um, I, I'm, they treat me part of the club. Um, you know, they, they don't treat me like I've seen, I've had emergency backups in my career. Like I've seen them and they, they get treated different. Um, with my situation with them, it's nothing different. Um, you know, there's a lot of veteran players there. Obviously I've done this a long time. We've crossed paths enough, but, um, you know, it was, it was a good situation. And then, um, the next week or the two weeks later, um, I knew I was going back and, um, I was supposed to go down there for black Friday, but they called too late and I was working. I'm like, there's no chance. Like you can't make it. Yeah. Uh, so Saturday night's game rolled around and I was going to Adirondack and I, I'm following the box score on, you know, on, uh, the phone there, you know, I'm just got home from work and Lori and I are having dinner and I look at her, I go, I go, hi, I'm going to play tomorrow. She's like, what? And then she goes, she goes, are you sure? I, Cause we, we were together for years and she was always impressed at like, I could kind of know things are coming. And I said, no, like, I'm, I'm going to have to play tomorrow. I know it's happening. I said, I don't think I'm going to start, but I guarantee you I'm going to be in the game tomorrow. So she just kind of, she could tell, like I knew, like I was ready to play. So, you know, go to sleep that night, uh, next morning, wake up, get my stuff together and, uh, going to work for a little bit. And I'm driving to Adirondack and, Every game that I've ever been in the uniform for, you always have to prepare like you're playing, especially a goalie, because you are one 
high shot and warm-ups away from playing in the game. You are one shot and warm-ups away from playing in that game that night. At all levels. doesn't matter. A puck could ricochet and hit the goalie in the kneecap. Like, go just, you know that little area there? Yeah, right between the pad and right there. Yeah, yeah, right next, yeah. It's not a big area, but everyone's been hit there. Yeah. You are one deflected puck hitting the goalie in the collarbone. A D stick it in the way. Anything. You are one shot, or, yeah, it's basically one shot because I've seen guys go down and blow their MCLs, kicking their legs out. So, I mean, you are one shot away from playing. So you always prepare. Every game day, you're prepared to play. You know, I cannot stand the goalies that are like, well, I wasn't prepared to play. How? You're in the lineup. Like, are you shitting me? So I was ready to go. And when I got the phone call from the assistant coach, because I was going up early to, you know, go for a coffee. There's a nice little uh, diner, not diner, but like a coffee shop across the street from the uh, arena there in Glens Falls. And Mike and I and Kirk, we were going to run over, grab a coffee and shoot the shit for a couple minutes before, you know, we had to go to the rink. And Mike Marcou calls. He goes, how are you feeling? I said, I'm fine. Why? He's like, you sure you feel good? And I go, oh, shit. I knew right away. And he goes, well, you're in. And I go, what happened? Like, was there a call up? He goes, no, we just got informed that he's um, Angus uh, Redmond is going to be um, in concussion uh, protocol, whatever the hell you call it. And I was like, Mike, it's 3.30 in the afternoon. You're just finding this out? And he goes, yep. And I go, all right, fuck it, whatever. I said, yeah, I'm ready to go. So I said, I'll be there. and I'm, supposed to, I'm actually going to be there in like half hour. All right, fine. We'll talk when you get here. You got to sign your – hurry up. And sign, we got to sign a contract. All right, fine. So I walk in, and it, it's actually kind of funny. Like I'm ready to go, right? Like I'm fucking ready because Adirondack caught me the year before. I was at camp with them. They signed me out of camp and didn't touch the ice. It was just a weird situation. I am fucking ready to go. I could not be happier right now. Like I am rip shit ready to go. So walk into, uh, walk down the hall, throw my gear in the locker room, give uh, trainer and uh, Kuma guy a hug. Happy to see him, you know, um, walk into coach's office signed my paperwork and I was like, all right, tell me about last night's game. And he's like, you know, we didn't give up a lot of scoring chances, but they scored a lot of goals and we're going over it. I'm like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I said, I'm going to give us a chance to win. And in the third period, we'll fucking figure it out then. And I walked out, closed the door and Kirk and Mike, Mike told me actually, the assistant coach Mike told me after a little while, like after the game, he goes, we knew you were, we were winning. Like, right when you walked out of the room, I was just like, all right, we'll figure it out in the third. And we're good. Okay. See you after the game. Close the door. Um, so it was just – it was a wild, wild situation. And I couldn't have felt more at home, though. So I, I walk in. Um, media guys there. Uh, David, great man. 
he starts at, he asked me, he's like, Hey, can I ask you a couple of questions? You know, it's a pretty unique situation. And I was ready to go. I'm like, yeah, yeah. What, what's going on? He asked me about, uh, you know, what I did the year before and, you know, you know, if I was excited in this and that, but big picture was this was my last start in the ECHL and I knew it, you know, I, I knew it and I prayed for it. I'm like, just give me one more. It's my last start before that was shit. We won, but it was shit. Um, I wanted that one more just to know, fuck you. I can still do it. And I was so happy. You know, we, like the team got shit kicked the night before at home, like shit kicked. I think it was like eight, three or something ridiculous at home. Yeah, it was a tough night. And Adirondack was extremely good. Like, they were very good. They didn't take us lightly. They played well. Um, Our guys played extremely well, though. They played well. They're very well coached. They had a great core group of guys. Um, Great goalie across the ice from me, uh, Cam Johnson. Uh, He won a national championship with uh, Nodak. Uh, Actually, it's funny. Uh, two weeks after that game, he was dressed in uh, Las Vegas for um, New Jersey. He was on the on the bench for it. Oh, I was yeah, hoping. I, I, I was hoping he got yeah. his ass in there. Yeah. Um, he made a save early in the game, like second shift on one of our better players, uh, Steve Swavely. He made a save back door, and I was like, "Holy shit! I need to be real good to give us a chance tonight." Um, but the team was phenomenal with me. There were no, um, well, you know what? We'll just mail this two points in. We'll just chalk it up and we'll, we'll figure it out later. Everybody bought in um, so well. It was, it was seamless uh, in the locker room. A lot of talk between periods like, hey, what do you want me to do here? Do you want me to give it to you on your forehand up the wall? Like talk, just talking to the players. And guys, there was no – everybody, like, I think everyone knew, like, it was just one of those things where there was no arrogant cocky, oh, just stop the puck. You you know those coaches that have no fucking clue what they're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just say, oh, just stop the puck? That is probably the most ignorant thing a hockey person can say. It's not that easy. No, it's not just that, but it's like – yeah, there's more to ju- – it's like telling a fucking player to skate. Oh, just skate the left wing. Yeah, it doesn't mean, hey, do you pinch the guy at the half wall? Do you give your D-man the wall? Do you give – you know, when you're in the D zone, do you give the D-man the pass because the other guy can't fucking handle it? Like, there's more to just playing left wing than playing left wing. You know what I mean? It's like telling a yeah. center, oh, just win faceoffs. Uh, no, because you know in the D zone their D man is going to be horseshit because he's on his wrong hand, and I can just swim this center and fucking go for a breakaway. So it's that that's the most ignorant thing a person can say is oh just stop the puck. That was never said because they're not an ignorant hockey team. They're not an ignorant coach team at all. Um, you know, guys were like, oh, no, like, hey, when we get into that situation, um, you know, first period, let or, you know, we set up behind the net. You know what? Let's wind it up. We have the long change. Like, let's try to get 
zone entry. So like the guys were talking, like when we're on the power play, like, Hey, if we can move it up the ice fast, maybe we can catch them in a change. Like if you get back there, it's, it's above the trapezoid, fucking send it, send it to the far blue, you know, because we're going to have room, you know, we're going to hem them in. So, you know, there was, it just, everything worked out well from, you know, the moment we got on the ice for warmups till the horn blew. Everything was perfect. Um, sure would have liked to stop that fucking shot through traffic, though, in the first. But, um, no, it was a one-to-one game going into uh, three. Uh, we killed a bunch of penalties in the second period. Uh, good crowd. Saturday night of uh, American Thanksgiving weekend, you knew it was going to be packed. Um, great atmosphere up there. Um, after getting shit kicked the night before, uh, role player scores – um, goal to make us go up two to one. And then it turned into, um, you know, the guys, uh, the guys played their, their hearts out and it was, you know, when that horn blew, it was, uh, just, it was such a relief and it's so shitty. I haven't never told anybody about this. Never. Um, not even the fucking spit and chicklets interview, <laughs> which that special content just- here. Yeah, that one was horseshit, by the way. I'm happy that's over with. Um, I was sitting there. The guys had left, and I was putting my dress clothes on. Like, I had, you know, the media things, and I wasn't getting on the bus, so, like, I was kind of taking my time. I was icing. I did, uh, did the interviews after with, you know, the radio and all that shit. Um, I took a long shower because I was just gassed. And in Adirondack, you have uh, a change room that is, it's like kind of down the hallway from the locker room. It's a weird setup there. And I put my shoes on, I turned my phone on, and I just had put my shoes on. And like I set my phone next to me and I just put my face in my hands and I just lost it. Only one in the rank, or well, in our change room. And uh, the guys were on the bus. They just had pulled out. And I took my time. And I was, you know, I had a three-hour drive ahead of me. So I was just worn out. I was emotionally, mentally drained. Um, It was just one of those things where I knew it was going to be the last one that I played at that level. Um, I knew that was the highest level I was ever going to play at. You know, I dressed some games in the American League. But, you know, I never had a start or anything. It was a miracle that I even dressed a handful of games in the American League. But I, like, mentally just broke down, you know, emotionally broke down. And their trainer, like one of their assistants, um, walked in the room, and I just felt a set of hands on my back. And I, like, opened my, I got wiped my face, opened my eyes, and I – got the biggest hug from this guy. He's like, I'm so proud of you. You know, great job. You know, he goes secretly. There's a couple of us over there that are pretty damn happy with, you know, how everything went. And it was, it was a really cool moment. And, um, you know, it was just one of those things where it was just like, all right, I did it. I got back to that level. I got a start. We won. It was, it's over. And I left it all out there and that's all I could possibly do. And there's nothing more 
I personally could have done on that ice that night. And there's nothing more that the 17 other players in the lineup and the coaches and the training staff and the equipment staff could have possibly done that night to make us successful. And we were successful that night. The stars were aligned. And you know what? It was just, it was something that uh, hopefully I'll never forget. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Like I'm speechless. Like that must have been unreal experiences and you got the win and you got, you got the start you wanted, even though you knew it was your last time probably in the ECHL. So, I think it was easier because it was a road game. I love playing on the road because you just go out and play. That is the true. coaches, you can't, you can't match lines. You just roll it. The guys are all getting to the rink at the same time. You're all getting in that hostile environment. You, are, you just want to ruin somebody's night. And if, honestly, if we had that game at home, I don't, Honestly, I don't think it would have gone as well. It was just, it was a road game. And that's the thing like people don't understand about playing on the road. People are like, oh, how does a road team win game seven? Look how many times a road team wins a game seven. A lot. It's easy. You just show up and play. You're not sitting there. No one's overanalyzing. You're just, you're just going out and playing. And I think that's, the, those are the best times are on the road, right? Yeah. Like, you don't – how many times do you hear, you know, guys talking about situations at home? Never. Never. Like, hey, remember when we were on the road here, on the road there? Like, those are the best times. And, you know, it, I'm sorry to cut you off, but, like, I had to bring that up. Like, we, this would have never been as fun. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, after games, when you win at home, yeah, it's cool. But when you're on the road and you get back on the bus, fuck me, is that fun? When you went on the road, it's awesome. Nothing is playing at home, but hey, you went on the road, it's awesome. Yeah. And it's it's nothing like hang like getting getting away from life and just hanging with the boys, just in the hotels on the bus, like. Just it's just you and the guys like that's that's it and you just have a good time with them and a win on the road is even better. Oh yeah, there's nothing better than winning on the road. No, nothing at all. So yeah, it was it was it was though like I never told anybody else about that. Like I fucking broke down. It was yeah. just I knew it was the end, you know. So that was my. Holy shit, that was my 15th year. And, like, oh, my gosh. Like, everything just – everything came to a head, you know. Um, It was just – it was incredible. The whole situation, like, I'm speechless about it because – you know, the path that it took for me to get there um, was extremely windy. Let's put it that way. Um, but just to be able to do it that time was, like, paramount. It was, it was perfect. Like, I couldn't have – and the, I think 
It sounds terrible to say, and I can see how this could get, is going to get taken the wrong way. But I'm happy I I did all of that. I I had a phenomenal support system. You know, mom, dad. Um, you know, Lori was so supportive. Um, you know, but to be able to go up there and by myself because when you're playing the game, there's 10 players on the ice and two goalies. You are by yourself out there as a goalie. You're by yourself. And it's the most accountable job in the world, I think. Being a goalie and wrestling are the two most accountable things you can do in, in the game. Because if you fuck up on the wrestling mat, you get pinned, you lose. There's no one else to blame. You can't be like, oh, my coach did this or my teammate did this or whatever. In goal, if you get scored on, there's no one to blame but yourself. It doesn't matter if it's a five on oh. If you're in position, you're going to make safe. Yeah. If you control the rebound, you're, you're good. Like, you can't blame anyone in the world for getting scored on. You just can't do it. Oh, I was screened. Well, fight through it. Shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You, you just have to do it. So, um, I'm so happy that uh, it was just, it worked out perfectly. I was by myself when I drove up to the game, talked to my folks on the phone uh, before, just told them, I'm like, hey, you guys might want to watch tonight. I'm fucking playing. Uh, my mom's like, holy shit. They were, uh, they were at, I think they were at the football game for you and I, uh, University of Northern Iowa. They went home, watched the game. <laughs> um, you know, phenomenal support system. But in the end, it's just the way it had to be. My parents were there for my first, uh, my first game, the ECHL uh, with Elmira against Wheeling. They were at the game. It was awesome. Uh, won in overtime. It was unbelievable. It was fun as shit. Um, the coach of Maine, Riley Armstrong, scored the game winner. Uh, it was just – it was great. That I, I thought that was my, you know, biggest accomplishment in my career. Like, highest I could do in my career was that game um, in Wheeling that night. But, uh, you know, this was more special. I drove up there by myself to Adirondack, met the team, uh, played the game. And it kind of, it's kind of sad, actually, when you really think about it. Um, got in my car after the game and drove back to Connecticut. You know, it was like, yeah, I, I was just driving down the interstate like, Holy shit. Look what I just like look what I was just a part of. That was incredible. But I had no one to share it with. You know, you can you can talk on the phone all you want. But it was act, that's actually perfect the way it went because in the grand scheme of things like it's just you out there playing. It's just you and goal. You know, it's like I said, it's the most accountable position 
in the any sport. That, like I said, that and wrestling. It's most you can't blame anyone but yourself. And oh, weightlifting too. Okay. That doesn't count. They're all stronger than me, so I'll be nice about them. Um, but it was just the way that it had to be. It's like a career path that I took. Like it's one of those things where, yeah, it's just you out there, but when you make a mistake, it's on you. When you do well, it's on you. So it is, I guess it's kind of depressing in a way, but at the same time, like that's what I signed up for. Right. You know, there, of course I'd want to share a moment like that with a lot of people, but at the end of the day, it's one of those situations where, yeah, you want to share it with people, but you kind of want to just enjoy it yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, like that makes that makes total sense. Yeah, it's like one of those things where what I was a part of, you know, the the comeback of, you know, a season, um, you know, getting smoked the night before and winning the next night under ridiculously unseen circumstances. Um, you know, are there were there people better for the job than me? To be there, absolutely. There's a lot of goalies that deserve to be on the ice playing in the ECHL over me. You know, for example, the guy on the other fucking bench, he deserved to be on the ice a lot more than me. The guy who was backing up uh, Cam that night, uh, he has a name that is 47 letters long. I can't uh, – they called him Sack. Um, He's got a long last name. Uh, I know who you're talking too. about. I don't yeah. know how to say his last name, though. Yeah, no, I could, I'm not even going to butcher it. But, like, for example, he deserved to be on the ice that night over a person like me. Um, there were a lot of guys that deserved to be on that ice that night. But you know what? It was you know, not good circumstances was how I got in there that night. But you know what? At the end of the day, a lot of guys get – um, opportunity when they don't deserve it. And you know what? Perhaps I was in that category. I got an opportunity. I didn't deserve it. I wasn't grinding it out in the Southern Pro. Like I wasn't, you know, uh, at practice every day as a third goalie for them, um, for Reading. Like a lot of other players deserve to be on the dice that night. But um, I got the opportunity and, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys get drafted because they have a good weekend. Like, let's be honest, junior like, years ago, obviously, um, there were scouts. There were there wasn't as much social media. There was not there was no social media actually when I was in junior. Um, shit, there you were lucky to have a cell phone when I was in junior. That's how long ago that was. Um, but there were scouts in junior. They actually showed up. They drove. They had a Rand McNally Road Atlas. They drove all over the goddamn place. Um, you know, look at, uh, Chicago steel, for example, those teams were recruit Chicago's got recruited almost every game because that is a hub. That's where O'Hare airport is. Like guys, teams would fly in there and watch players, you know, that were coming into town. Um, you know, there's, they had scouts at games. So it was, um, you know, they'd have a good weekend and all of a sudden somebody's beating the table for him. Like we have to draft this guy. We have to draft this guy. 
So, you know, a lot of other people had got opportunity because, you know, they got lucky. I was, I was part of that category. I got lucky. I got an opportunity. And you know what? Like when I got in the lineup, we made the most of it. We got to win. Um, but from a personal standpoint, it was extremely important to me. And it was kind of like one of those perfect endings uh, at the highest level I can play at. So it was just one of those things where prayed for it, hoped it would come and it came and it went and here we are. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Like that you were given the opportunity, you took it, rolled with it and it came a very special moment to, to yourself. And it was, it's just unreal to, to see and hear, hear that story and just like, thank you for sharing that the part you've never shared to anyone else before. So that was, that's uh, some great, great quality content we got here, special content. So I appreciate yeah. that. No worries. No worries. I had to save it for somebody. So what the hell? Why oh, not yeah. you? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like going on, like let, let's hear some more stories. Like I know you throughout your career, you've gotten like six fights. I think I was reading your hockey, your hockey fights card. It's like, yeah, what? there's a couple that aren't on there. I don't oh, think. really? Yeah. What do you mind sharing Actually, any of those stories? <laughs> it was funny. You bring that up um, today in the locker room. They have this thing. It's a smart TV in the room. So they can watch anything they want. And I was just joking around before practice. I don't know how the hell it came up. Fuck. It was funny though. Um, I was just talking about a certain situation and you know, they were watching all these there was all these old school fights like playing over on a clip. I think they were like, just, it was like scrolling, you know, like when you get lost in YouTube, you get in one of those yeah. rabbit holes. Yeah. So yeah, it was like one of those things where it just kept playing different things. Like it would show, um, you know, the top 10 NHL overtime goals. And then, you know, the next video, like somebody's watching something and then it started going to the next one. And then up next, up next, up next, they were showing all these fights. And I was like, would somebody turn this shit off? And I was like, why? And I was like, you guys don't do this shit anymore. <laughs> Just joking around. And um, so, of course, the question gets asked, like, oh, you, what, did you get in a fight? I'm like, yeah, we, it was different then. And, like, it was a little tougher. Oh, it was tougher? I'm like, yeah, they didn't have visors till I think, my fifth year in <laughs> the minors. <laughs> And all the guys were like, what? I was like, yeah, guys didn't really wear visors. And they kind of made fun of the guys that did wear visors. And I was like, yeah, it was just, it was different. And, you know, I had to explain like in junior visors weren't mandatory until my last year of junior. So I'm like, wow. I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm old. <laughs> so yeah, there's a couple, uh, there's a couple funny ones today. And I was, I told him about, uh, you know, one time I got in a fight with, uh, with a player and it was a, it was a huge line brawl and there were uh, two guys coming at me and one of which was their heavyweight and the other was their leading score. <laughs> I, I knew which one I was picking, um, but their, uh, their tougher guy, Ryan, he, uh, he passed we were teammates, actually. 
uh, my rookie year, and he was he was very very good with me. Uh, Ryan Crowther, he was he was extremely good with me. I I didn't tell the guys this today. So they were like, "Oh, who's that guy?" Like not tied up with anyone. I was like, I just didn't kind of I didn't say anything. I was like, "Oh yeah, he he was tough. He was tough." I didn't want to tell the guys like, "Yeah, that was that was one of my uh, that was a guy that took me under his wing when I was a rookie." You know, I. Um, that was, that was, it was tough to, uh, it, it was, it was tough to, uh, it was tough to see him, you know, today, um, in that clip, um, it was, it was really tough actually. Uh, now that I think about it, you know, I, I knew it then, but I just kind of, we were getting ready for practice. I just kind of let that uh, pass, you know. But yeah. Um, yeah, fuck me, it was that was tough to see him in the video and um, him. Him and I joked around about that for a few years afterwards, you know. While uh, you know he was still around, we always it always come up, and he's like, "God damn it, I was so mad at you." <laughs> so. Um, you know, but he's uh, he's got his two kids and Sarah, and I'm sure. Well, Sarah knows about it, so oh my gosh, I give I oh, let her know every time. Ah, uh, yeah, right. Didn't want any piece piece of me, <laughs> which he would have absolutely murdered me. But um, you know, it, it's so, and he's not the first. That's the shitty part about the the toughness part, right? The, yeah. the fighting part, he, he did it. Like he played a tough game and at the end of the day, it was the game, the way he played is what, uh, took his life. Um, you know, and so it's kind of funny. I went up to his funeral. Um, the, let's see, when was it? It was the second year of the Titans. Um, shit, all the years kind of fall apart and go together. But um, went up to his funeral, and uh, when I came back, I don't think I've gotten – I don't think I've – oh, no, yeah, I did get in a fight after that. Um, I was trying to think about it. I'm like, oh, shit, maybe I didn't fight. Um, but, uh, you know, he played, he played a tough game, played a very tough game. Um, he, uh, his, uh, funeral was, it was tough because he passed in, uh, the States. He's Canadian. Uh, he was coaching a midget team and he just dropped right there, like there. Um, we all know what it was stemmed from, you know, all the, the impact and uh, the medicating is a big one, right? You yeah. know how that goes. Yeah, the medicating is a big thing. Um, yeah, he uh, he passed, and um, oh my gosh, it, that was a tough one. Holy shit! Um, I found out we were playing on the road, and I found out I was like, oh my gosh, it was it was tough, and then. Um, his funeral was a Friday. We didn't have a game. I went up to Barrie or Aurelia, Ontario, just north of Barrie. Um, went to the funeral, uh, came back the next day, 
and there was a fight in our game and our guy caught their guy, like caught him good. And it looked like the guy had two revolvers behind the back of his knees, like just dropped like out. And it just, I was like, holy shit. I just came from a funeral stemming from this. Like, holy shit. Like, what am I doing? And, of course, I still play, like, I still would not be afraid to stick up for a teammate. I'm just kind of losing out there for that. Um, but, yeah, we were talking about, uh, to circle back to your question, we we're talking, I was like, yeah, like, I had, I had this happen to me. I got my ass kicked my rookie year. Like, do you, all right. So as a goalie, you know, guys wear their chest protectors on top of their pants. Guys wear them tucked into their pants with the suspenders over. I'm one of those guys because I have very long torso and the shortest legs you've ever seen. So like I have to, but I'm, I'm like, so I, I wear bigger pants so I can like tuck my chest protector in. But I have to pull my pants really high. Like, uh, like this. How old are you? Uh, Twenty. Okay, this is like Steve Urkel shit. Like, this is way before your time. So, <laughs> so I have my pants, hockey pants, pulled up so high so they don't fall into like my leg pads. I have the. I, I told you I have the shortest legs. It's hilarious. I actually showed one of the guys this today, and the whole room started dying laughing. Like, cause it, I I look like I'm normal size, but holy shit, my legs are tiny. So I have, I wear the suspenders over it, right? Yeah. So like my first pro fight, I ended my fight with my head up the sleeve of my jersey. Suspenders still up, no upper gear. <laughs> like I, I to this day have no fucking clue how that happened. I want to see some VHS footage of this. Like I have no clue. I got the living shit beat out of me, but um, it was it was the the first lockout year in the Southern Pro. Like it was tough. Like it was tough. It was a tough, tough league. And yeah, of course I got into altercations. I fought a league heavy once. That didn't go well. I got hit so goddamn hard. He hit me in the forehead, and I you could see the four knuckle prints like right at my hairline. Oh. And underneath my eye was black. And he didn't hit me in the cheek. He hit me in the forehead. That's how hard he hit me. It felt like he was hitting me with toaster ovens. Wow. I stood in there, though. I didn't go down. That, that, that's at least good. No, I should have gone down. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fuck, I should have gone down. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, it's different. Um, like I fought that guy because he was running around and I'm like, well, you're not going to hurt one of my guys. Like if I can get you booted for the night, like, okay. Like I have all the faith in the world in my goalie partner. Like, all right, we're, I'm just gonna, we're going to get, we're going to go and I'm going to seatbelt and hold on for life, but we're going to go. Um, you know, as, it's actually kind of funny. My first game as a Reading Royal the year we let's see where was it? Uh, I got they they won the Kelly Cup that year. This was early in the year, and one of my teammates got just 
bundled from behind. We were playing in Wheeling. It was my first game with them that year. And so he's down and all hell's breaking loose. And I look over and I see like their D like come into the play. Like, cause there's a huge like melee beside the net. Yeah. And I look over my shoulder and I, I think my guy is still down. So I'm like, shit, I got to get in there. Like we're five on four. Yeah. So I dropped my gloves and I like wasn't looking and I put my, I could see like, all right, there's a, there's a, they had the Navy blue and powder blue uniforms. They were wearing the, you know, the winter classic uniforms. Yeah. So wheeling was wearing those that weekend. I'm like, all right. I could see one out of the corner of my eye, and I you could see that you could kind of tell like that was a crest of the sweater. Like he wasn't grabbed up with anybody. So I'm like, all right, perfect. My depth perception was so off. I grabbed a hold of this guy. Like I'm, I bend my knees so I'm like in a good base. Like all right, I'm not going to get fucking run over. Yeah, I'm going to hold my ground. I put my arms out. I grabbed the top of his hockey pants. Like he was so goddamn big. The guy I grabbed, I had the biggest guy on the ice. I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> so like, I like gre- like bear hugged him. Like I put my face basically in the, his sternum. Like that's how big he was. And it was uh, it was absolutely incredible. But like I just jumped in there for my guy. I thought Dave, like it was David Marshall. He got buried from behind, and I'm like just getting thrown around like a fucking ragdoll but he was just he didn't punch me thankfully but he was just kind of like i was tied up with him i didn't go down though didn't go down stood in there and then i saw dave like get up and i'm like okay you guys are on your own now it's five on five and i was like kind of let go i'm like okay we're good we're good we're good thank god so yeah i was uh after the period uh larry carvel is pretty fired up about it he's like you've been on the team for a week and you jump in on guys he goes i love that shit he was all fired up but then Phil uh, Holtby went down to Hershey the next day. And so Grubauer came back to uh, Reading. So it was me or Phil Grubauer. Uh, Phil won that battle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he won a Stanley Cup the next couple of years later. That is true. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that happens. That happens. I've been you, cut You just got to grab, grab a sweater at that point when it's uneven like that. Oh, it was incredible. It that, was incredible. Yeah, that that's one thing I want to get into is at least once is just a just a fight or a bear, or a bear hug, bear wrestle. What do you want to I'm sorry? I, I one of the things one of my goals is to get in a fight, at least one fight. You got to at least get in one fight as a goalie. It's it's not bad. I mean, it could be worse, right? That is like, true. Give the fans what they want to see. Exactly. It's, it's, I've only I've only seen one one goalie fight live in person, and that that was fun. I mean, it's it's not bad. I mean, like there's there's always a reason behind it. Um, I've never done it for the fanfare. I guess you would say. Um, it's one of those situations where it's like if there was a like an issue, like a, a big melee or if like I got run and I jumped up and I would like go after a guy, but we're five on five, their goalie's naturally going to come down the ice. Um, but a lot of times it's like, Hey, 
I'm just grabbing you. You know, there's a lot of conversation in there. And then, but other times the conversation is, yeah, you, your guy ran me, we're running you, fuck you. And then that turns into an altercation. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's different situations, you know, some people do it just to do it. Um, there are the situations where I've been a part of one where it's like, okay, like this is getting out of hand. Let's just diffuse the situation. Um, yeah, it's pretty wild. There's, de- <laughs> it's so funny. People are like, oh, they're just out there fighting. No, there's, no, there's reasons. Trust it. me. There's, there's a lot of reasons behind this. Don't, uh, don't, don't be worried. Like there's, there's a lot of reasons behind this. Yeah, exactly. There's, it's not just because they want to just go out and fight. Maybe for some people it is, but there's definitely always reasons behind it. Like protecting teammates, standing up for your teammates. Just if they have six guys in a pile and you guys have five on the ice, they have an extra attacker. You pretty much got to well, go you in. Get your ass in there. Yeah, you get you get in there like you, you, you get can't in there let that too. happen. Yeah, exactly. And how many how many fights would you say you've been in? Um, shit, probably a dozen, at least. I mean, like over the years. I mean, shit, it's been what seventeen years. And then you chalk up another four year of junior or five years of junior. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, probably at least. Um, the, the big thing is practice. Like our practices used to be extremely intense, extremely intense. Like it was not uncommon to see a fight in practice. Wow. At least once a week at every level. Dang. Especially in junior because if guys are fighting in practice, the coach is doing a good job. Like, that's what people that, that don't play don't understand. Like, if there's a fight in practice, like, oh, my God, the team's in channels. No. It's competition. You're just – The competing. team is working their bags off. Like, I, I love seeing guys stick up for themselves. Um. I'm also not afraid to jump in for a teammate that does not want to do it and is getting taken advantage of. Like I'll stick up for a teammate all day. Like I, because if I get fucking run over, it's just being a goal. If a goalie gets run over, you know, goddamn well, if you're on a good club, all five guys are in a phone booth, like all five, like it's, it's fucking just game on. Like we're going. Um, so I mean, I've had a I had a coach once um, give me shit about it. He's like, "You don't need to get in there." This, that, and the other thing. And I was like, I started yelling. Like it was the first time in my career, and I and you know what? I think the only time in my career in. No shit. I honestly think this is the only time in my career where I yelled back at a coach. I yelled, I screamed at it, actually at a coach. I wouldn't even give like a coach at like I wouldn't even mouth off back to him. Like I never would do that. 
it, I think I once, this is the one time I actually yelled at a coach. Um, he's like, you're a goalie. You don't need to get involved. I was like, no. I said, okay. So if, when I get hit, he shouldn't, like when I get run from like after the whistle, he shouldn't do anything. Well, that's different. I go, the no. fuck it is. I said, we're both on the same goddamn team. And he sticks up for me. I'm going to fucking stick up for him. If you don't like the fact that I'm going to stick up for my guy, then you better fucking get rid of me right now because this is fucking bullshit. Like I, I was screaming to the point where guys were like, Oh shit. And like got up and started, like, got up and like, Hey, 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 this is in between periods. Like wow. I was stood up, like half my chew was falling out of my mouth. Like I was trying to tape a stick because, Absolute yard sailed my stick. I was pissed. Rip shit pissed. And I'm like, who the fuck do you think you are telling me I have to stick up for my guys? Fuck you. Just lost it. And he, like, both of us, uh, have you ever seen the movie Replacements? I have not. Okay. Well, a coach and a player just screaming about something, and the ref blows a whistle, and they both like, oh, shit. Stop. They just stop. That was us. <laughs> the coach wow. was like, all right, I, I see what you're saying. Okay. I, all right. Well, t- you know what? Let's talk about it later. And he was like, cool about it and left. And everybody was just dead silent in the locker room. I just picked my stick up and the guys like left me alone. I'm like, fuck it. I'm still sticking up for you guys. All the boys like, yeah, I'm not right. <laughs> so yeah, it was, that one was kind of funny, but yeah, that was the only time in my career I've ever yelled at a, like talked back to a coach. Like Jesus Christ. Would never talk back to a coach, but I'd go into I'd go into the office and have a huge fuck you match with him, but it would never be in front of the guys. It's yeah. the only time I've ever yelled back in front of the guys. But, yeah, and I don't regret doing it. Yeah, at that point, you just got to stick up for yourself, and you're sticking up for your teammates. So that's like any anyone's going to stick up for your teammates if you have a good, good club. If you got oh, good a- chemistry, like you're going to no matter what. Yeah. We had a great group. That was uh, that was the last year of the Titans. It was Dave Lund, and I fuck. I was pissed. We were playing. Uh, it, it, the guy's name fuck. Well, his name was Vadim Subnikov, not from North America. Let's put it that way. Vadim was not from North America, and his English was absolutely horseshit. Like he was on like the template of Rosetta Stone. Not on the volume one. He was like in the how to put the shit together. He was in that category of English. Like his fucking oh. English was awful. <laughs> and like he he was he was such a nice kid and was quiet. And like I think he did maybe elbow a guy earlier in the game, but two guys went after him and were like, hey, 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 hey. So yeah, I got in there. I wasn't having that shit. Vadim wasn't dealing with it. Just just because he didn't know his English, I was like, you can't, mess with, you can't mess with him. He doesn't know what you're saying. Which, in hindsight, like, yeah, you shouldn't have fucking elbowed those guys. Usually I'm like, hey, you, you yeah. elbow that guy in the head. Like, you're, you're going you're gonna to you're gonna have to get an ass whooping because my man 23 on the other team is going to put his hands on you. So that you, you got that coming. But, yeah, no, uh, I just wasn't having that shit just because I felt bad for him. So. Yeah, I got in. I got in the mix. It was in the corner. I'll never forget it. It was second period in the corner. Um, 
like opposite Zamboni doors. I got in there. I'm like, that's enough of this shit. And I got uh, a felony for it. Of course. Got, well, yeah, what? I got, uh, fuck, what did I get the felony for? I think it was delay of game. I, oh yeah, that's what it was. I saw them all hell up, like breaking loose and the play, the puck was not even near it. And I threw the net off. So I, I'm like, all right, if I get scored on, this is going to be fucking bad. So I threw the net off because I knew that if they touch the puck, the whistle blows. So, yeah, I just threw the net off and flew into the corner. Like, I'm coming, Vadim. He had no clue I was talking to him. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's funnier than shit. So, yeah, I had a, had a bit of a meltdown with Coach, and that was the only time. I even, like, I didn't apologize to him. But I texted him afterwards. I was like, I'm not sorry for what I said. <laughs> but that, that meant like, hey, man, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> but Dave, it was funny because Dave and I, we played together. So it was like, it was okay. But it wasn't okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just texted him on the way home. Not going to apologize for that. <laughs> but he knew that was my way of like, hey, man, sorry, man. It won't happen yeah. again. Yeah, and it's the only. But if it time happened again, it was it. happening again. Yeah, yeah. But it was the only time, as of right now. As, oh no, I'll never do it. Wow. Ah. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was in. You know what? I stood up in uh, the coach of the team here. I was in his wedding, so it might happen again. Like we know each other well. <laughs> not many people can say they. Not many players on a team can say like, "Oh yeah, I was in his wedding." That, that is true. <laughs> That's how I know I've played too goddamn long. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> actually, yeah. it's funny because a few years ago, at actually going to his wedding, um, there's a goalie camp uh, in Connecticut called uh, Procrease. Uh, they do a good job. Um, there's a couple really, really good camps out in Connecticut. Connecticut, Crease, Procrease, they both do a great job. Great, great job. Um, but I was talking to a coach from there. His name was Alex Westland. I think he's with uh, Washington Capitals right now. He's one of their development coaches there. Um, so we're just sitting there shooting the shit. And it's like, how's everything going? You know, what are you doing this, uh, this weekend? Like, ah, you know, I, I'm going up to uh, Kingston, Ontario and going to a wedding. Or I'm standing up in a wedding. He goes, oh, that's nice. One of your buddies? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my good buddies. And actually, it's kind of funny. He's, uh, I played for him like uh, two years ago. He goes, this does not surprise me at all that you are actually in one of your coach's weddings. He goes, that is absolutely hysterical. He goes, are you going to play for him again? I go, yeah, I think so. He goes, you are the only human being that I would ever know to be in a guy's wedding and he's going to be your coach someday. He's like, that's unbelievable. Like, yeah, it makes sense, actually. That, that's it's been a awesome. long – I'm like, you know what, Alex? Fuck you. It's been a long career. <laughs> no, but Alex, he's, he's great people, and he played a very long time. Played a very long time. He, he left it all out there, too. It's kind of like me, but his uh, career was a lot better. He graduated from Yale. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he has some good leagues under his belt. I have the other ones. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's, that's just awesome that, about, like, the wedding and all that. And, your uh, your buddy giving you shit for it, and like you're the only one being that would actually be in in a guy's wedding, and then play for him as well. Yeah, that, that's just awesome. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild. He's like, you know what? It does not surprise me. He goes, you are probably the only person I would ever know to be in a wedding of a coach that you had. I mean, a coach you're going to – actually, a teammate and then a coach you're going to play for. It was wild. Yeah, that, that's that's very funny. So you would not think you would not think that. No, God, no, no. But you know what? All the coaches I played for, um, especially later in my career, um, just so much respect for what they do. You know, they do. These guys do a thankless job. They really do. They they do a thankless job. Um, especially in the lower leagues, they have so much more responsibility, you know, um, you know, all right, let's do, uh, for example, uh, the federal league here, they're doing immigration. They're doing, this is the head coach. The head coach is doing immigration. He's doing housing. He's, you know, selling sponsorships They're They're, they're doing everything basically. Um, you know, the SP, they're just – a lot of the teams are just coaching hockey. They're doing some housing things. Oh, a lot of the SP teams now have assistant coaches. When I first broke into pro hockey, there was one coach. One coach. ECHL, IHL, SP, one coach. That was it. There was no assistant coach. There was one coach. So they had uh, – the equipment guys did a lot of the travel stuff. Uh, the trainers did a lot of the meal stuff, but yeah, there was, it was, you know, there were guys doing a lot of jobs. Now the head coach does a lot of jobs because they want to make sure the players are taken care of at a certain way. So it's just so much has changed over the years, but uh, no, I couldn't, you know what I've, I played obviously this being my 17th year. So Shit, I've probably played for fuck, maybe 50 coaches in my pro career. Realistically, um, there's a couple that if you, you and I are walking down the road and I saw them across the street, you'd have to jump on my back to not punch one of them in the face. But I respect the shit out of all of them. Yeah, Every single one that I played for, they were all – they they were all special to me in one way or the other. And one coach that I am certain to this day could not fucking stand me at all traded for me the next year. And I was with him wow. the rest of the year. I'm like, what the fuck? You cut me the year before. Like, I'd walk down the hallway and be like, hey, what's going on, coach? Or leaving the rink. Hey, see you later. Not a fucking word. You wouldn't say shit. And then, and you were, and he was, fuck, was he hard on me too? He was real hard on me. He rode the shit out of me. But I needed it. Right? Yeah. But I was coming out of, I was coming out of junior and I needed that. I need, like, I don't think I was your prototypical guy coming out of junior, but I, I hope I wasn't, but I probably was. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, More than likely. More than likely, I had a little jam in my game. Like, I, you know, probably had it all figured out. You know, just out of overage, you're a junior. You got it all figured out at that age. Like, you know fucking everything. I hope I wasn't that guy, but I probably was that guy. (laughs) Which sucks. (laughs) 
It's not. I look back. I'm like, fuck. That was probably me. It it's amazing when you look back at yourself and like you're thinking of all all this and like shit. Like, why the fuck did I do that? Oh my god, I've said that numerous times. But like, you know, he was one of those guys that he held me extremely accountable, and I was certain, certain that the guy hated me. You there? Yeah. Okay. I was certain that the guy absolutely despised me. And he didn't. Like, he he was just, he was hard on me because I needed it. And, you know, I'm so happy he was hard on me. And I'm happy that the guys were hard on me. Because I did need it at that time. And I wasn't mature enough to appreciate what they did for me if that makes sense yeah yeah it does so you know son of a bitch traded for me the next year so it's kind of funny <laughs> all came full circle it's, it's funny how those how those things come full circle and like what the fuck like how does this happen oh yeah because when uh, i got traded i was going through you know it was a different time and just going through some stuff and coach was like, I had a great situation going. Everything was great. Loved my team, loved the teammates, um, got along great with the guys. Everything was perfect. And coach was like, Hey, we made a trade. I was like, shit. Oh, fuck. I hope it's not this team. <laughs> That's what I said in my head. He goes, you're going here. I go, what? <laughs> I did. I looked at him. I go, what? He goes, yeah, they made a good offer. I was like, what? Like, are you kidding me? Like, you're, you're joking, right? Like, no. Oh. Like, he, he wants you. It's a good situation. It's going to be better than what you have here. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, you have no fucking clue what you just did to me. <laughs> so, that's, that's, after, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, after our talk with, uh, after my talk to my coach, he's like, you know, it's a good spot. Like you're going to enjoy it. He goes, but we're going to get you back. <laughs> it's like our, our thing is like, we're going to get you back for next year. I was like, Oh, okay. He's like, you're going to be here next year. But he's like, I just don't have room for you right now. So I'm trading you. I'm like, all right, it's fine. All right. I can, I can fucking deal with it. It's deadline. and It's only another month and playoffs. And we made it to the finals. We lost in game four. Yeah, we lost in game four at home. And um, great group of guys. It was the same, like, core group of guys I played with the year before. Um, coach was awesome with me. Um, but, you know, he – we talked years after I played there. We didn't talk for years. And we, we finally had a conversation uh, years later. And I thanked him. Like right away, like, hey, you know what, Coach, uh, thanks for everything you did for me because he taught me so much. He was hard on me, and I needed that. I needed to just sit there and wear it, you know. And um, my teammates, they, were, they weren't hard on me, but they were not easy on me. Like, they didn't. I guess, like, nowadays you'd call it bullying, but 
they were just kind of tenderizing the meat, you know, toughening me up a little bit. Um, you know, they, they held me really accountable and that, that actually, I was extremely fortunate to be part of that group and that organization. Um, you know, Tommy was, Tommy was awesome. And I wasn't old enough or mature enough to appreciate it then, but I definitely do now, if that makes sense. Yeah. That may, that makes a lot of sense. And just them like having you be so accountable and like wanting like that standard just shows how much they like cared about you, but like maybe they didn't do it in the right way, but it was still, they're trying to make you accountable. And they did it the right way. Yeah. Like at the time I didn't think it was the right way, but I mean, the guys, the guy went to the finals all the time. Like he, he always had successful teams. So he knew what he was doing. And I wasn't able to appreciate as much at the time as I do now, you know, so it was, uh, it was definitely, I don't think a lot of things that, that happened then were okay to do now. Like we, we lost my rookie year. We lost in Asheville, North Carolina. We got back at like five thirty six in the morning and we skated and we got back, got bagged in the morning. Ooh, those bag skates. That was once. Another time we got skated after a home game. Oh. In pro hockey, we got bag skated. Wow. Like, and I played that night, and, like, a fan said something to me. Like when we were skating and I found out a year and a half later who it was. And it was one of the players parents that flew down to the game. I never got a chance to play against that player, but I really looked forward to playing against that player from what his dad said to me, like from the stands. And I'm still to this day, even though it's 17 years later, I'm really looking forward to crossing paths with this guy again. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'll be ready. Let's put it that, yeah. put it that way. You're, you'll be ready no matter what. Years. I should turn the page, but no, the hell with it. I'm still looking forward to seeing this guy again. Yeah, you'll you'll be ready for him no matter what. Oh, I'm, I'm, I've, I've been ready. It's been 17 years, but I'm, fuck, I'm ready. 17 years in the making so far. I'm sorry? 17 years in the making so far. Exactly. 17 years of pissed off five foot eight person. That's those, those stories that like you don't usually hear. Those are some of the most interesting ones. And like, it's so you, you wouldn't expect that if like, from like a pro and pro hockey, like you get bag skate right after your, right after a home game and then like you have this you have a parent of a of a player just say that to you it's 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 weird and like it's it's interesting that it happened to you like that it was a player 
uh, it was a parent of one of our highest paid veteran players. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know if he had a few wobbly pops before during the game, but I remember, I remember what he said. So I'm, I'm just biding my time. It'll come event <laughs> one day, one day. I'll probably be in a nursing home. <laughs> I still won't forget. Still, still will be in. Still, you'll remember each and every every word he said. Yep, I will remember every single thing in that sentence he said. That's, that's crazy. So, I have a, I have a few more questions for you before uh, we, yeah. we end this. It's like, go ahead. If you, it's like, you've been in professional hockey for 17 years so far. It's like, yep. what has, if you were to give like younger goalies tips on how to, how to like go come over adversity and just, just play your heart out every, every night, like, especially that time in Reading when you said you played your heart out, like what would be a tip that you'd give the younger, younger guys looking to get to that next level? Um, Wow. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, basically treat every game like it's your last. Um, when you're in the lineup, it doesn't matter if you're playing or you're not, you always have to be ready to play. Um, it's, it's funny cause games that I don't play, if I'm just sitting on the bench, I'm more drained after the game than I am when I play. Because you're so into the game. Because you have to be involved in the game. Yeah. You know, some guys get involved by talking shit to the other team. You know, a player gets involved by getting on the ice and getting a touch and chipping it in and running their D over. Um, some D-men, they get involved by, you know, blocking a shot. Or, you know, giving a guy a slash after the whistle and, like, getting in a skirmish. You know, some guys uh, get involved uh, into a game, you know, getting a hit or receiving a hit. You know, uh, a guy that, that fights, um, you know, some guys, they, they like to eat a couple before they get into it, you know, yeah. which is absolutely nuts, which is absolutely insane. Like, how – you want to get punched in the face? So you can get involved in the fight? Like, what is wrong with you? But, um, you know, you want to be involved in the game. And the way I always did it, like, between periods, you know, I'd see something with the other goalie, like what they're trying to do, like on the power play or something. And, you know, usually the goalies sit by each other in the room. Um, just be like, hey, you know, watch for, you know, 78. He's a righty and he's playing off your off post, like they're looking for him every time. You know, little things like that. But you, you just stay involved in the game to the best of your ability. That's how I would do it. But everybody's different, right? Yeah. But my biggest thing is, like, for the younger people, like, especially with the technology nowadays, you can't get away with shit. Mm-mm. You can't get away with anything. Not at all. Whether it be a workout on the ice, a practice. I mean, fuck, every rink has live barn. Right? Yeah. Like, you can't get away with 
being shitty ever. So every time you're on the ice, you especially for younger guys, like colleges are looking at everything. Social media, um, you know, what you post, what you like. Um, they will watch Live Barn and watch your practice at night, especially if you're on like a U16, U18 team. Like they're, they're watching, right? So everything you do is, you know, under a microscope and under a massive um, spotlight. So it's just one of those things where if you treat every day like it's your last and you leave it all out there every day and then you refill the gas tank away from the rink, like you get ready to go for the next time. You know, you, you leave it all out there every time and everything will work itself out. Um, you know, you see um, where I live in Connecticut, um, all these kids are, you know, the grass always greener, the grass always greener, but just remember there's always a septic tank, right? Yeah. In every household. So, I mean, hey, you know, it's, you have to do what's best for you. And that's the biggest thing. Like you have to do what's best for you because at the end of the day, Nobody gives a shit. It's a what have you done for me lately game. You know, yeah, I've had a very long career. But if I can't cut it, it's not like, well, he was good last year or he was good the year before. Well, who gives a shit? Are you good today? If you're not good today, fuck off. Somebody else is good today. Yeah, exactly. That's those are some great tips and uh couldn't be more true because everything you said there was just straight facts and straight truth. So there, I, I can't top, top that off with anything besides like, that's just factual right there. And like, you've got to make the most of everything you gain, like playing, playing like every game, like it's your last, like you said, it's just, those are some great, except some great advice that you've been given for sure. Yeah. But as a goalie though, don't fucking look at your D man. If there's an issue, oh, you, he's, he played the two on run, one wrong. Who cares? It's your job to stop the goddamn thing. So if you don't make a save, you just have to look in the mirror. Because at the end of the day, it, it's, that's your job. Like you, you, did it, you, you didn't do your job. You can't blame anybody else when you get scored on. There's no one to blame but yourself. Nobody. So when you do get scored on, then the other thing is never say, you know, I gave up three or I gave up two. Or, no, they scored two. Like give a shooter credit sometimes. But in the end, you're, you're the one that fucked up, man. There's nobody else to blame. I've gotten scored on, obviously, over my career a lot of times. Every single time was my fault. Every single time. There's not one goal that I've gotten scored on in my life, whether it be practice or a game, that it was not my fault. Every single goal that goes in my net is my fault. So I'm a firm believer in that. And, you know, a lot of goalies, and especially a lot of goalies' parents for young kids, oh, he has no defense. Oh, he has no goal support. Oh, this, that, and the other. Well, if you do your job, you're going to win every game. It's yeah. true. 
Yeah, that is that's very true, and like can't can't blame anyone else but yourself. Like you're yeah. you got to stop the puck. Like that's all you can do, and just it's it's on you if it gets past you because something that you did wasn't working there. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, One hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. It's like don't don't bullshit and be like, oh, it's your defense's fault. Like, no, it's it's your fault. That you just there's you can't sugarcoat that. No, you could have seventy two saves and lose a game one nothing. Hey man, you lost. Yeah. Like you you lost. Like it's that's gonna show on your record that you lost. And it's not gonna show yeah. you no one cares about how many saves you made. No. You just you lost. Nobody cares if you made Sports Center. Win a goddamn game. Nobody cares how many pucks you can skate around. Uh, nobody cares if you can skate around cones and look pretty doing it. Who cares? If you have the balls to have the other goalie pulled and win a game six on five and make those two saves where it hits you and it stays out of the net in the last 30, 40 seconds of a game, nobody gives a shit how it gets done as long as the job gets done. And that's the biggest thing. Yeah, exactly. And your just, your yeah. Instagram story of skating around pucks and your summer sessions, yeah, they look cool and everything. But at the end of the day, if you don't have the balls to win a game on the road in a hostile environment, who cares? Yeah, that's that's just straight facts right there. And, like, there's nothing else to put it like that. But this – this is a perfect way to end it just with the advice you've been giving like Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show. Like I really appreciate your time and you taking the time out of your, your day or your night to come on to the show and just talk, talk hockey, talk your experiences. Like it's, it was awesome. It was so much fun. And I want to wish you the best of luck going forward and good luck this season with Watertown. Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And, uh, good to talk to you. I mean, shit, I'm just sitting in a hotel room right now for training camp. I'm in my own room, so I got nothing else going on. So yeah, it was good to hear from you. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) No problem at all.